and welcome to Get Flush, the world's favourite sanitation podcast. I'm Pete. One of the biggest challenges facing sanitation providers is being able to maintain a reliable regime of regular servicing. While properly prepared toilets with lots of water and the right amount of blue can usually last a few more days, customers do expect to receive timely and regular service. And that means it can be difficult to keep up when the business grows, when staff take leave or when they fall sick. If you're a solo operator, not having a backup driver can really leave you in the lurch. In today's episode, I'm going to think about how operators can recruit new staff, whether it's a temporary casual on a short-term basis or a permanent staffer on a long-term contract. Before we get into it, I want to think about what makes a great poo man or a great poo woman. While I researched this episode, I read dozens of job adverts for sanitation drivers. Most of them included words like reliable, trustworthy, hardworking, attention to detail and hands-on. They also had things like prepared to work long hours, good customer service skills, great communication skills and highly effective team player. That's what the adverts say. In real life, being a sanitation driver is physically demanding. Suction hoses are heavy and hard to manipulate, especially in cold weather when the hose gets really rigid. Moving toilets requires strength and technique. Lifting them on and off trucks and trailers and rolling them into position on a trolley requires real skill. I remember the first time I unloaded a trailer and moved toilets on a trolley. One fell off and rolled down a bank, right in front of 600 boys at a well-known private school. I got the biggest cheer, maybe it was a jeer, of the day. Pulling 30 metres of water hose from a spring-loaded reel gives you a great upper body workout, especially when you do it 20 or 30 times a day. And carrying 20 litre buckets of water from a standpipe works the legs too. Sanitation drivers also need to be practical so they can make running repairs in the spirit of MacGyver. Loose seat? Fix it. Popped rivets? Sorted. Patch a leaky roof? Good job. If they're lucky, the truck might have a toolkit and a few essential spares. More often than not, they're expected to bring their own. Navigation skills are a must. Never mind that the streets in the new subdivision don't have names or that Google Maps shows this as bare land. And don't complain that the only information the office gave you is Lot 25 Newtown. No, a good driver is expected to find the site, prepare a level site for the toilet and make the drop without getting the truck bogged down in wet mud. Needless to say, sanitation drivers must have great attitude. They have to care about their work and give their customers really great service. They're expected to clean the poo off the seat where Big Bum Billy couldn't coordinate his bowels and his legs. And they have to be friendly and polite and prepared to come back later because Bob the Builder has parked his truck on the drive and he's far too busy now to move it so you can't get to the toilet. Never mind that you've been coming at half past ten every Wednesday for the past four months. Come back later. Oh, and by the way, can you do all of that for minimum wage? Now, over the years, I've seen dozens of drivers come and go. And I've seen that it takes a special type of person to manage a sanitation run. I also know that finding good staff is the toughest part of the business. So, what are the options? I think a lot of drivers get their jobs through word of mouth. They know someone who knows someone who knows someone. And we use our network of friends, family and colleagues to make connections. And sometimes that works really well. Other times, employing family and friends can cause lots of tension and stress, especially when things don't go quite as planned. And let's be honest, not everybody is cut out to be a sanitation driver. Another option is to advertise your vacancy. 
Traditionally, that would have involved an advert in the local press or in the industry magazines. These days, we use social media, and it can be a really cost-effective option, especially if you have a really long friends list. For a few dollars more, you can pay for targeted ads, where the social media platform will push your advert to potential candidates. While it's relatively easy to get the word out there, finding the right candidate can be a much tougher challenge. Recruiting and selecting is a legal process, and you'll need to follow local employment regulations. Asking the wrong question in interview or rejecting a candidate without proper cause could leave you open to legal action for unlawful discrimination. It also takes time, and that's not something you always have, especially if you're an owner-driver trying to balance a full list of daily services with your deliveries, pickups and all the other admin that goes with running a small business. Bigger companies might outsource the employment search to a specialist recruitment agency, perhaps bringing in their senior managers for a final interview once candidates have been shortlisted. I've seen it done, it works, and while it can save time, it's rarely cheap. You still don't get a cast-iron guarantee that you find the right person, or that they'll accept the job if you offer one. Another solution is to use a labour specialist to help you find temporary labour. The model is really simple – You ring the provider, tell them what you need, when you need it, and they'll do the rest. All being well, the perfect candidate arrives on time and does exactly what you need. To find out more about temporary labour, I spoke with Carl Pomare, a recruitment agent working for Naki Labour Hire here in Christchurch, New Zealand. Yeah, so my name's Carl Pomare. I work for Naki Labour Hire, so based in Christchurch, so um, I'm recruitment manager providing a service to uh, many companies and clients around the bigger Canterbury area. I am the conduit, so I'm the third party in the triangle. So I connect employers and workers, so I find the right worker for the right job for the right employer. If I'm an operator and I need somebody, why would I come to someone like Naki Labour Hire rather than try and find a driver myself? There's probably a a bit of naivety or misinformation in in, in the marketplace in regards to labour hire or recruitment companies. We offer the services of a labourer or a skilled labourer or tradesperson at short notice for as as long or as short as you want with minimum risk. So in other words, if you want to go and find that uh, that sanitiser truck driver and you go to the market, you have to advertise you have to do interviews, yeah. that takes up time. Yeah. You might get down to two or three, you might offer one guy the job. Two days later he turns it down, you've got to go back to the other guy, waste of time. So what happens is you ring, you ring a labour hire company, say, Carl, look, have you got someone? Yes. Can you start tomorrow? Yep, we're done. I asked Carl why it was so difficult to find sanitation drivers. Yeah, well, for a start, there's, there seems to be a lack of drivers who are ticketed to drive a truck, particularly in Class 2 and, and above, that have dangerous goods licence. Or endorsement. Most of those drivers fail to see, you know, the importance of having to have that particular endorsement. By the name itself, it's carrying, in this instance, toxic waste. So by that, you know, it carries an inherent risk to the public and also to the worker. So that, the and that's a legal requirement. Actually. It's a legal requirement, yeah. absolutely. Before we put our guys out on the job in that particular role, we need to make sure that they're immunised. They have their shots. They need to do that before they start. Do you think most candidates who we find know whether they're immune to hepatitis and tetanus and diseases like that? Uh, well, I think most people will remember, you know, vaguely that they've had a tetanus shot in the past, but when? I mean, if you say, oh, what year did you have that? They'll probably go, I don't know, I can't remember. 
Yeah, so we're talking about health risk, particularly uh, hepatitis. And so whilst you know most people would have had a tetanus shot some stage in their adult life, they may not have had an immunisation for hepatitis. So, so that is the challenge, is to, one is to make sure that it's recent, and if they can't remember, just get another one. And what reaction do you get when you tell people it's toilets? It's very mixed. You get the pause. The question is, okay, Carl, what is, what is the job exactly? Okay, so you drive, you're driving a sanitisation truck and you're going to a site, probably a residential building site, and there's a portable toilet there and you need to hook up the hose to the toilet and empty it out. So you're pretty upfront about what the job yep, is. Yep. So you're basically emptying, yeah. emptying out, emptying out the, all, all the waste, the waste from, from, the from, the, from the toilets. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I'll, I'll deliberately pause and stop talking and then I'll just count the seconds, one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, and there'll be, this, there'll be this pause, this giant pause. I know straight away after three seconds that this, of, this person is not, does not want a job. What, what is it about poo that puts people off? <laughs> I guess I guess if it's your own if it's your own waste, you might, it's not so bad. If you but if you're cleaning out someone else's, um, it's a bit different. It's a bit like um, you don't mind wiping your own baby's bottom, but when it comes to wiping another Somebody baby's bottom, it's a little, little bit different. You definitely get a a very contrasting response. You know, I had to go through probably four people before I found the right guy. Yeah. And the guy that I did get, there was no hesitation. Once I said emptying out dummies. He, he just kept on talking. He was working for a contractor for the city council where they were cleaning up parks and gardens around Christchurch, and there's a lot of rubbish. So he was used to managing He's waste. used to managing, uh, man, managing waste at a lower level. And yeah. so, I mean, you'll get a lot of people who won't even do that. In most instances, I've got to use gloves anyway and use um, health and safety procedures. You just thought, no, it's interesting it's you mention that, because I think that's a bit we often overlook in the industry, that it is about following safe procedures. Yep. That we don't want any splashbacks, and you know, I said jokingly, we don't want to be wearing it or eating it. But it's really important to to make sure you don't expose yourself or anyone else to any unnecessary contamination. Absolutely, because when you're carrying a truckload of of waste, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be garden waste, or it could be chemical waste, or whatever that's contained. Nevertheless, you need to make sure that the public are safe. If you if you have an accident, there's a spillage. We have a, we have a situation on our hands. And also to keep you and your co-workers safe as well. Yeah. We all know at the moment in the world that everyone needs to be hygienic and wash their hands and what have you. This is just an extension of what that is anyway. Once you've found this perfect driver and we've got them in and they're trained and they're operating and they're doing the right number of services for the business every day to the right standard, how do we keep them? We keep them by looking after them. So we have to pay them well. We have to, we have to look after them, make sure that they're safe. They've got all their PPE gear. And we do follow-ups, making sure that they, you know, how's the job going? Are you are you okay today? Any issues? Any problems? Go and do a site visit. So it's it's looking after your worker, so that your worker's happy, and then that in turn uh, is looking after the client as well. So they're you know they they, they might be temporary casual labourers, but they're actually part of your team. Actually part of our team. That's right. So yeah. one of our key employees, and we value those people on our books and. As much as, 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 as it is good for us to have our clients come to us and say, look, we like your worker so much that we'd actually like to you know, take that person as our own, that's great. But the challenge for us is we have to find someone else to replace that yeah. person. Last week, I spent two days out in a truck with Zach, a temporary sanitation driver that Carl had found for one of his clients. So I'm out with Zach, who is a brand new poo man. I've been training with him for the last two days. 
and uh, I'm just going to ask him to tell me about his first two days in the industry. Zach, how are you getting on? Yeah, it's going good. I've learned, definitely learned a lot more than um, what a lot of people would expect. What do you normally do, Zach? I'm normally doing traffic management, but it's quiet season at the moment. Middle of winter? Yeah, not exactly the nicest weather this week. But What's the weather been like for the last two days on the toilets? Oh, Zach? mate, it's... I'd rather be in, working inside if I had the option to. We've had everything from snow to hail to sunshine to howling winds. It's been a fair old challenge. What, um, what do you think's been the hardest part of the last two days, Zach? The hardest part I'd find for me would be the, the physical labour side of it. Um, getting the suction hose on and off the side of the tank, because it's quite high up off the ground. Yeah. Uh, some of these new roads have only recently just gone in. And Google Maps haven't updated yet. Yeah, so that's been a challenge. And um, the highlight of the two days? Uh, the highlight of the two days would have been earlier today um, at the waste treatment plant. Yeah. Um, Pete was teaching me how to do it yesterday, and it took him 15 minutes to get the, the adapter. Yeah, to get the coupling on for the discharge hose. Yep. Alright, so come on then, big man, what happened today? Today, I got it on first try, it didn't even take me five minutes. <laughs> five seconds, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, no, you did well there, and you made me look a complete novice. I did struggle with it yesterday, but to be fair, it was cold, Zach, you know? <laughs> yeah, the weather yesterday wasn't helping it either. No. And then the, the worst part of the job that you've encountered? Uh, worst part of the job, I would say, would be the navigation. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's only I've only encountered one uh, loo that was rather feral. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and but yeah, other than that, it's it's actually been pretty pretty good. Yeah. Overall impressions? Has it been a dirty job? Do you think? No. Um, the the conditions have been rubbish. Yeah, the conditions have been rubbish, but other than that, no, it's actually been a pretty pretty good job. No, I think you cope real well, Zach. You know, it's been good to watch you. You're enthusiastic, and you've got stuck in. You've not shied away from anything. No, people get the impression that it's a dirty, smelly job, but from my experience, pleasant yep. compared to what it could potentially be. What percentage of the day do you think has been really foul poo smells? Oh, maybe 0.5. So just not very much at all? No, no, not very much at all. Even at the wastewater discharge plant? Even there it wasn't too uh, too feral. No. No. And, and then most of it, as we've worked through the training for the last two days, is about process, eh? So yeah. you've just got to make sure you do the same thing in the same order. Yeah, and for anyone looking to get into the, the Pooh Man game, um, you'll adapt. Well, you, you'll get taught one way, but you'll adapt a way that works for you. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I've taught you a method that works for me. Yeah. But I, I imagine over the next week, as you start to go solo on your own, you will start to do things and find your own groove. Yes, yeah. um, it's like with any job, you, everyone finds their own way of doing it. Yeah. 
as long as the end result is the same, half the time the bosses won't really matter. Yep. Doing this job is the first time I've ever had a volatile load like liquid waste. Yeah. Um, whether it be liquid waste or any liquid in general. So what have you noticed while you've been driving, Zach? Uh, as, as the tank on the back's been getting more and more full, um, I've had to adapt my driving. Yeah. Um, Are you feeling that the load move while you're driving along then? Or? Yes, definitely. Um, there's a major load shift as you're driving along with the more you get in the tank. Yeah, so the truck gets a little bit more unstable. It's yes. a bit more sluggish off the mark. Yep. Because the weight's gone up, basically. Yeah. And, and you're quite right, it's a liquid load, so it's moving around in the tank. Um, and you just have to be aware of that when you're cornering and braking and when you're accelerating. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, you just got to adapt the way that you drive. Um, try to drive a volatile load the same as your car. There's only one result that's going to happen in there, and that's going to be in an accident, whether it be yeah. the truck rolling over or hitting another car because you can't stop in time. Yeah. And the, the dangerous goods um, responsibilities, have you coped okay with those? Yes. I've, I've learnt, learnt how to do the the um, dangerous goods consignment that sits in the driver's door of the vehicles. Yeah. Um, just the paperwork, so yeah. you, you've updated that regularly through the day as your load's gone up and down. Yes. And and for you know for the listeners, the pu- purpose of that is that in the event of an accident, there's an orange folder in the driver's door, and the emergency services would pull that out, and they expect to know from reading that document that we've got X thousand litres on board. So we've up- updated that regular intervals to yep. reflect the load we're carrying. And then, of course, when we've emptied the load, we've reset that count to zero. I really enjoyed the two days I spent out in the truck with Zach. He had a good attitude, and I'm sure he'll make a really competent poo man. We'll catch up with him again in a few weeks' time to see how he's getting on and to find out whether or not he thinks portable sanitation can offer him a longer-term career. Once again, thank you for your time. I've been Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed, the world's favourite sanitation podcast.